Hey everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And I say us because I have a guest that I'm about to introduce to you and he's awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to meet him. But before you do, I want to uh, throw a couple things at you. First off, I appreciate you listening. It like, it, it makes me feel good. I feel like I'm, I'm doing something good. It strokes my ego, you know? I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing something that people want to hear. It's fun, and I appreciate you being a part of this journey and a part of this podcast with me. I want to ask a big, big favor of you. I need you to leave me an iTunes review. And I'm at the point now where I want these things so bad, I don't even care if it's a good review. Just go leave me a review. Just go in there, click the, the five stars, if it's a bad review, still click five stars, but you can say whatever you want in that thing, but just, just share what, what your thoughts are. Leave me a review. As a good friend of mine says, it's like giving me a digital high five and uh, that would be awesome and very, very appreciative on my part. Make sure you check us out on the journey of a new entrepreneur YouTube channel. That's where you can see most of my content. That's my vlog. That's where you can go on there and just see what's happening in my life as I'm trying to build this business and having the struggles and the victories and everything in between. Sometimes it's just nonsense. And sometimes there's even some good how to implementation stuff that can help you with your own business. Journey of a new entrepreneur on YouTube. If you want to connect with me, check me out journey of a new entrepreneur on Facebook and that's where you can send me a message and we can talk and chat and, and interact and stuff like that. Uh, so on to the good part of the show. I have with me today, Mike Dalkey. Now Mike, uh, he's kind of a legend like in, in our industry. He's a very humble guy, so he doesn't like hearing stuff like that, but it's the honest to God truth. Um, he's like the 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 coach to the coaches and and he doesn't want to hear that either but it's the truth the people that are winning and the people that are successful um hold him in the highest regards go to him uh when they need stuff and that's why i'm excited to have him on this episode because he's going to be able to help us do the things that are necessary in our businesses to help us be successful but before we do we're going to get to know him so mike thanks for joining my friend how you doing well, thank you for having me, Bobby. And you're right. I don't like hearing any of those things, uh, but <laughs> I, I uh, certainly respect you a ton and I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it, I, I hope I have you many, many times in the future. Every time I've heard you on something. And for those of you that don't know, you've heard me talk about my business coach before. This is the guy. This is the guy that's helping me get things lined out. So, so Mike and I talk all the time and uh, Mike, I'm just excited to finally have you here. I feel like I've arrived now. Now I've, I've like done that, hit that pinnacle point. I think it's going to be downhill. But but uh, again, I know you hate hearing that stuff, but it's just how I feel about you, my friend. Nothing but love. Mike, tell us a little bit about you. Tell the audience kind of like who you are. Um, you know, give us the quick, you know, uh, do you got a wife? Do you got kids? Did you go to college? Um, what What are you doing now? How did you get there? All that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, the most important thing that I like people to know is that I'm um, just a small town guy. Uh, I grew up in a family where my dad was a road construction worker and my mom uh, helped out babysat most of uh, growing up with stay at home and now works with autistic and high risk kids at the school. Um, but I had phenomenal parents who instilled really good values and a really strong work ethic in me. So um, we have had a lot of business success, but I'm still just a small town kid who likes country music and uh, playing business on the side. I have a wonderful wife, Alex. I have two boys. Um, 
who are four and two, Jason Jordy. One is super sweet. One is the exact opposite of super sweet. Uh, they, they, one is uh, super empathetic. The other one bites, hits, and punches. So we have uh, our hands full. Uh, I, I've got a couple of different personalities myself That's it, with my kids. That's why I laugh. That's funny. Tons of fun. And uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Journey of an Entrepreneur, there probably should be a, a podcast called like um, Support Group for Entrepreneur Spouses. Because uh, Alex went through the ringer when I when she met me. I had a salary, a nice car, I made good money, and then I said I'm going to leave this all and do this crazy entrepreneurial thing, and I'm going to take a 70% pay hit. I'm going to put our whole family at risk, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. And she was along for the ride every step of the time, uh, including holding my head in her hands while I'm crying because I can't make payroll for a week and all that kind of stuff. So um, from a business standpoint, uh, the, how we got started in window cleaning, we bought this uh, business that I got a call from a broker and they said, I've got this awesome opportunity for you. And I said, tell me about it. And they said, well, it's for sale for 120000 But if you can do it this week for 30 if you can do it for 30 this week, uh, you can have it. And I said, well, why is the price going so low? And they said, well... Uh, the manager of the business is going to go to prison for embezzling money. There is no physical location in this amazing, awesome business. Mm-hmm. They have no phone. They have one creepy <laughs> old cargo van. They have a pressure washer, but they don't have any hoses for it. They have no CRM, no systems um, whatsoever. And uh, what you'll get when you buy this is the creepy old cargo van, some equipment, and a shoebox full of note cards that say where the clients are and things like that. By the way, it gets better. There's one employee. <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> There's one employee with the business, and he's amazing. He's 450 pounds, so you have to fire him on the first day. And uh, you don't know this yet, but when you meet him for the first time, he will be wearing a cutoff, 450 pounds, a cutoff T-shirt that says, this is my beer drinking shirt. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, Amazing Is this a true story? Is this the truth? Are you making this up? Uh, th- so I may be putting some spin on it, but that is the truth <laughs> of what I bought. Um, the broker, the broker uh, put the spin a little differently. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, you left out some details. <laughs> yeah, left out some details, but they – you know, it was an amazing opportunity. You know, they sold it as it's been in business for 14 years. They did, forgot to mention it had been declining the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did make it understand that it was in a pretty bad spot. Uh, and that was why it needed to be cash. And we actually didn't get it when we offered the money. We said we'll buy it and somebody else bought it. And then it hmm. fell through and we got it. We had kind of got it on the second go around. So um, it was the the dumbest financial mistake i ever made that turned into something special after a while i never cleaned a window i didn't even know people got the windows cleaned. what an idiot so mike i want to back up just for a second before we we get into an roi or anything like that you okay so you just said that so you bought this company and the first day that you meet your one and only technician he comes to work wearing a this is my beer drinking shirt shirt yes Yes. So how did his customers that day enjoy that particular shirt? How, how did that go? What, <laughs> well, we met before we saw any customers. Um, <laughs> so I thought, so I'll take you to lunch, um, which was a different experience. <laughs> Excuse me. 
um, so we met for lunch and I said, man, um, you know, you realize you can't go on ladders. And he said, yeah, I don't do any ladder work. And I said, well, who does the ladder work? And he said, well, this guy that doesn't work for us anymore. I said, so we actually can't do any ladder work? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So I guess I'm the technician, <laughs> the bookkeeper, the phone guy, everything. The ladder who guy, yeah. Never, who's never done any of this. So I was the proverbial guy that went up on the ladder, answered his cell phone, booked the job, you know, and was trying to figure all this out right from the start. That's crazy. That's Oh my God, that's, that's too good. You can't see it because it's not running down, but I've, my eyes are watery right now. That's so freaking funny. The, I think I'm going to get some new uniforms for my guys just so they can, you know, this is my beer drinking window cleaning shirt. I think I might do something like that. That's, that's too funny. Too funny. So It was special. Yeah. So, so you, do you, uh, this was, the, was this the first one thing you bought, first business you bought? It wasn't. I bought a background check company before that. We did okay. uh, tenant screening for people that were for landlords on the mm -hmm. tenants coming in. That was our first business. Okay. And so this was your first service business because I know yeah. fast forwarding, I know you're a part of a bunch of service businesses, businesses. Now, do you still have this first one that you bought? I do. Yes, I do. Did it, now, is oh. that, I know like you have like Blue Skies, which is one of your big businesses, or I don't know if they're all under Blue Skies. Is it a part of that? Or like, did it you kind of grow it from this heaping pile of steaming whatever to this amazing thing you've got going now? Yeah, that's, uh, it is the basis of Blue Skies. So Blue Skies morphed into um, a much bigger operation in Minneapolis and then into Cincinnati and then into Portland and then into uh, Cleveland and then into St. Louis. Wow. Uh, so we were just opportunistic along the way, and we turned sixty thousand into over three million in revenue. We turned that one employee we had to fire to over a hundred employees. Um, so it was been a Holy crazy cow. ride along the way. Uh, I don't even know if this is a fair question. Um, can you give some? Uh, can you give some? Just share like going, because I think that can resonate with a lot of our listeners because they may not have bought a business, but. A lot of people, a lot of us, when we start one out, it kind of turns into something crazy, kind of like what you're talking about. Now, I bet none of my listeners have worn that beer drinking shirt to to do their job. I mean, they're <laughs> they're the technician, but but I'm sure that a lot of a lot of us can relate to just things being crazy and out of whack. And you're being the you're the guy on the ladder taking the phone call. I've literally set sales appointments on a ladder while I was on the phone before, you know, so I know other people can relate. Give us a little bit of a, of the journey of going from that to a hundred employees and 3 million in revenue and, and all this craziness. Cause it, whenever you just hear those two things, it almost feels, it almost feels unreal and it almost feels unobtainable from a guy like me that's setting where I'm at looking at where you are. Yeah. So, uh, man, this would be a great story for Alex to tell and all the times that I was crying in her lap saying, mm -hmm. I can't do this anymore. But we knew that we wanted to grow and we wanted to grow fast because one of the scary things for me was I didn't want to be wake up 10 years from now, you know, from that moment and have a business where I was still working in it. Um, that was really, really uh, important to me. I wanted to be out of it. I wanted to, um, get to level five, as Latimer talks about on his, where you're the owner, not the operator. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get that in the worst way. 
so I knew I was willing to sacrifice at that time. I didn't have kids. So the first year we, we grew it from 60,000 revenue to like 120. Mm-hmm. Um, don't quote me on the exact number. So it doubled. We did some flyers and all the, those things. But uh, because I didn't take a salary that year, we had some money to reinvest. Um, so then the next year we grew to like 240 in Minneapolis. Uh, but we got a call from a guy in Cincinnati that said, hey, you want to buy this business in Cincinnati? We said, no, we don't know what we're doing. We, we're, we're like still this infantile thing and we don't get it. And he said, well, what do you think it's worth? And I said, well, maybe this. Mm-hmm. And he said, we'd take that if you'd offer it. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. And so <laughs> we said, we'll figure it out. So I got on the plane, flew to Cincinnati. Uh, never been to Cincinnati before, bought the business. And we said, let's just get after this thing, figure hmm. it out. Interesting. So now we're answering the phones for Cincinnati and Minneapolis. And we're figuring out the back end office stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a call from one of our window cleaners in Cincinnati that says, my dad wants to buy in Portland or sell in Portland, but I'm a window cleaner. I've got no money. Will you buy his business and I'll move back and run it? I know all the customers, everything. We said, well, we don't got a lot of money either, but we can give a little and we'll pay the rest off on terms. And she, okay. And then that just kept happening where, where we wow. just had these opportunities where we were growing as fast as we possibly could. We took enormous risks. I remember signing a $54,000 uh, commitment to radio when I had like $4,000 in the bank. Um, <laughs> so I was, I'm so, I'm so glad you just said that because that makes me just feel normal and better about myself. <laughs> Man. I remember calling, uh, uh, Michael Kaplan, who you know well, and I said, I'm about to sign this contract. I'm freaking out. And he said, well, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to, you're going to go bankrupt and lose your house or you're going to grow really, really fast. Said, Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah. Really, really helpful. This could be the I best decision you ever made or yeah. the worst decision you ever made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no in between. Nothing like, in the middle. <laughs> you're either going broke and you're done or you're going to make this work. So we took enormous risk. We were opportunistic along the way. We never, uh, we just said yes a lot. A lot of people overanalyze and say no. And um, I drove my wife and uh, a lot of- Was that a dig at me, Mike? The, the whole, the people that overanalyze, are you, are, you, are you poking at me on that one? A little bit, probably, but mostly <laughs> uh, pretty much everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a guy here, I, um, in a, I'm in a Christian mastermind with, who's a very, very high producer, very- uh, high performer and I said what do you think your secret sauce is and he says I just do stuff that everyone else is talking about <laughs> and he he tried to take down a two and a half million dollar real estate deal and it failed miserably mm-hmm. and it was like nope no skin off my back like back at it like nice he just doesn't have that fear and I think that that's what I had too I just always felt like we'd figure it out mm-hmm. and uh we we just, when, you know, who buys a business in Cincinnati when they don't know what they're doing, that's bigger than their current business yeah. with basically all the cash that they have. Sounds like a pretty bad idea. <laughs> but you did it. You're, you were a doer. And I'll tell you what I appreciate about it. And I'm not going to get off on this tangent, and, uh, but, you know, on this political thing. But uh, I was actually just talking my son's best friend, my son who's 19, his best friend from kindergarten is here visiting us. And he's in college, and I had a nice long conversation with him uh, the day he got here about, you know, why uh, why would you 
be entitled to more of my money if I happen to be successful in my business when I take the risk and all this. And he was having a hard time articulating his point, you know, because he felt like people that made a little more money should get taxed a lot more. But when I, it, it, when I hear your story, two things happen in me. One of them is inspiration. It gets me excited. And I'm like, I love this guy. I love the way they do stuff. They took chances. They took risks to do things to better them, their lives and their family. And then I get angry because I'm like, but don't get too successful, Mike, because people want to take it all from you if, if you are, you know, which, uh, you know, so there's that dichotomy there of, of emotion in me. But that's that's an awesome. That's awesome. That's exciting. So where are you at today now? Like now, uh, are you still in the middle of running all these things or uh, are you on ladders, taking calls, scheduling stuff or what? No, um, I'm not. So uh, today we have uh, Blue Sky still, which we have our ownership in, and you know Dan Plata very well. Mm -hmm. uh, he runs the operation, um, the service business side, and then because we have multiple locations, they built an admin service business that uh, that they were serving our internal customers, so our Cincinnati, our St. Louis, our Cleveland, our Minneapolis location, but now they're also serving external clients as well. Um, uh, Michael Kaplan and I did another crazy, stupid thing, and we started up a window cleaning business in Nashville that just does commercial route. <laughs> um, so own that. Uh, did go back on the ladders. That there's not really ladders in commercial route, but did clean windows again for that last yeah. year, um, and cleaned a whole lot of windows, uh, which was fun getting that started. And then um, Kaplan and I have also partnered on. I think now six or I think seven different growth investments where we've got some capital that we can put to work. Uh, we've got some expertise that we can put to work and we can really help people grow. So I feel like I've got three lanes in my life. I've got the home services space and from a growth junkie standpoint, I just can't help but grow once it's mm -hmm. you know not growing anymore. It's not interesting to me. I'm really good at turning stuff around. And uh, the last thing is I'm really good at putting deals together. Nice. So I don't have a day job. I don't get a paycheck. Uh, but I've got so many things that are in those spaces that I'm making more money now for my labor than I was when I was actually working in the service business. That's awesome. Mike, that's inspiring. And uh, I want to be you because you're way older than me. I want to be you when I grow up, <laughs> which uh, the, the joke is Mike's younger than me, but uh, he, he's, you're like a big brother to me uh, in, in a uh, mentor and coaching standpoint. And I appreciate that. That's great story. So Mike, now I'm going to hit you with something. So I, I kind of had a hidden agenda here. I didn't want to just learn about you. I wanted to get some, some, some info from you and some tips. Um, you've obviously done really well, you know, and I know everything's perspective, but a guy, you know, you look at yourself and you're like, well, I'm not up here yet. But then a guy like me looks at you and says, man, if I can, if I can do the things Mike's doing, you know, life is where I want it to be. And, and, and I'm really achieving the goals that I want. And I know you understand that even though you don't stand, you don't stand on a mountain and pound your chest, but I know you have the perspective to understand that uh, there's a lot of us that would really like to be able to do some of the things that you were doing, but there was a time you were where we are right now. If you could go back in time, um, knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time when you made that first purchase of that first you know, service company with the, the guy that can't cl climb ladders and wears his beer drinking shirt that says, this is my beer drinking shirt, which still cracks me up on his first day. Um, what, what would you do different? What are things that you could do to help, uh, help us stay focused? You know, the new guys like us stay focused on pointing the business in the right direction 
maybe learning from some of your mistakes or learning from some of your successes? Yeah. So as you know, um, uh, I'm not active on social media, but I coach a lot of people and mm -hmm. I've helped a lot of people. And one of the things that I see over and over again, people who are stuck, um, and they're in that level where I was, you know, where we we're doing a couple hundred thousand and we couldn't figure out how to get through is they, the first thing is they see and they see everything as a cost, not mm -hmm. an investment. So everything's a cost. If I hire a bookkeeper, it's a cost. If I, you know, get uniforms, it's a cost. If I wrap my vehicle, it's a cost. Everything's a cost. And they look at where they're at today and they say, if I add that cost, it's going to significantly negatively affect my business. Mm -hmm. So I can't hire out a bookkeeper. I need to spend four hours at night trying to do this. I have to do the wrap machine, you know, myself. They, they look at all these things as costs and they say, I can't afford that cost. I think that if I look back at where, how we got out of that is we started looking at everything as an investment. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to invest in a vehicle wrap, I need to calculate what my return on that investment is. Am I going to get more customers? Well, how do I find that out? I'm going to go on the forums. I'm going to ask people, when you wrap your vehicles, how many more customers? How many customers do you get? I'm going to find the people that are successful. I'm going to figure out, okay, well, if I wrap my vehicles nights, I can expect 15 new jobs from that this year. My average job size is three, 300 bucks. So, man, that's 4,500 bucks. Man, that really makes the wrap make sense. That's yeah. an easy thing. Okay. Well, that investment's a no-brainer then. I should wrap my stinking vehicles. Okay. I'm spending, you know, three hours a day uh, answering, you know, emails and things like, what if I hire somebody? Well, I can't afford to hire somebody. That's a cost. Now, what if I invested in somebody and they took those emails and I took that three hours and I went and gave coffee to the largest property manager businesses in my area, what would that do? Well, that's a huge investment. I can make a return on the investment. So I stopped looking at it as this is a cost and I can't afford this to this is an investment. Is this a worthwhile investment to make? Yes or no. Is a $54,000 radio contract when you got four grand in the bank a worthwhile investment? <laughs> Turned out it was phenomenal well you didn't have to get rid of your home right <laughs> I, I didn't i was able to buy a different one so so if i walked through that process i remember like being with my brother and being like man and he's younger than me and he's a military guy he's not a business guy and i remember like just saying i'm not sure and so he said well who's done it before and so i called michael Callan and i said hey Tell me the best radio station. Tell me what your ROI is. Tell me everything. I'll get you a burger at the 5A Club. And he said, perfect. So we went and got Juicy Lucy's, got fat and happy. Mm -hmm. And he told me everything I needed to know and what the ROI I should expect. So I had reason to believe that his carpet cleaning strategy for radio would work in window cleaning. And it did. So while it was a huge investment, I felt it was really probable that it would pay off because Kaplan had already done it. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to try anything new. Yeah. So uh, to sum that up, a new guy needs to look at what a, a cost will make him, not what it actually cost him. Is that a fair dumbed down, boiled down version of what you just said? Yeah. So I'll make it, I'll make a, I'll give you the skinny version of how I think about investing. Mm -hmm. How much do I have to invest? When do I get my, uh, how much money do I get back from this investment and when do I get it back? So if I've got to put a cost in, 
how fast, how, how do I get my money back out of it? If it's a wrap, I get it back through customers. If it's a bookkeeper, I get it back through time. Hmm. Well, how much do I get and when? And if you just do that simple deal, how much do I have to put in? How much do I get back? And, and if you think of it that way, it'll really simplify the decision making and help you think about it differently. And, and a great example you use would be like bringing on, uh, let's just say if you hired an, an admin, there is that expense, but you say, okay, this admin will free up this much time for me, X number of hours a week. If I can spend that time out generating revenue, then, I'm, then I have to ask myself, well, I can see this many places. I should be able to sell this many of them. This is probably what my ticket price is going to be. And next thing you know, the admin didn't cost you, but, but enabled you to make what, whatever it was you ended up making as a result. Yeah, I'd, I'd say 100% with one caveat. You said, if I can go out and do these things, mm -hmm. and I would change that to, I have to go out and do these things. Fair. Yeah, if you're bringing them on. The, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. So don't pick on me yeah. for my Oklahoma semantics. You know what, I'm, you know what I meant. You know what I meant. So, um, what, one quick question, because I think you have a couple more things you want to share. What, what, do guy sitting here. Mike, that sounds great and all. I started six months ago, and um, I don't have any cash. But what's a guy do uh, to get from I have no cash to being able to make some sort of an investment in his business, not just working on it? So that's, that's a big uh, question, but yeah, we didn't have a lot of cash. Um, we had some, but we didn't have a lot of cash. So we did a lot of things with the vendors to free up the cash. So, Bobby, when you get a job, somebody calls you for a pressure washing job. How mm -hmm. long until you typically service them? Well, with the residential side, it's usually just a number of days because I'm not doing number any big, yeah, I'm not doing yeah. big so stuff. So less yeah. than five days? Typically, and yep. Typically, you get paid at the end of the job? Yep. So you're five days away from getting cash after you get a job? Pretty much. So that $54,000 radio contract was, you know, I think like six or eight grand a month, mm -hmm. but we didn't have to pay to the end of the month. So they ran the ads, the way we negotiated, they ran the ads for an entire month. 30 days to pay, okay? Hmm. Then we put it on a credit card, which gave us another 30 days to pay. So that's how we ended up stringing up and changing the cash. So we were getting jobs throughout that firm that were getting us that return of the money back again, remember? Mm -hmm. So yep. we're getting the cash back. Then we're getting more the second month. And we don't have to pay, actually have cash out of our bank account for almost 90 days from wow, the second nice. they start. So we were able to have the, the, the vendor fund it for us and pay them later. And we did that over and over again. Uh, we negotiated with vendors that we need really long payment terms so that we can get this back. They had to take a risk on us, but mm -hmm. we were able to sell them. That was good risk. Good stuff. All right. So what, what else you got? Cause I know you're short on time and, and we we've, we've got it. I want to get some stuff. So what else, uh, what other tips do you have for someone starting out to stay focused on the, the end goal there? Yep. So the other one, the next one I would say is value your time more than anything that you do and try to put a dollar per hour on your time as much as you possibly can. So even today, now that I'm out of it, I still place a dollar per hour on my time. And I can use that to judge if something's worth it. So um, technicians do this really good at the beginning. When they're solo operators, they go, well, I'm not going to drive out to that job for 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. And they say, I'll go out there for 200. But then once they get out of the field, they stop doing that. 
and they said they start doing tasks that they could pay somebody ten fifteen dollars an hour for they start checking their emails all the time they start uh, handling the mail they take the garbage out they do all this stuff but they're they actually went from doing ninety to a hundred dollar an hour production in the field to ten dollar an hour tasks in the office yeah it's completely backwards Guilty. So, yeah get, get, me too guilty a hundred percent so if you value your time and you can place it to you know my time's worth 200 bucks an hour if or it's a hundred dollars an hour in the field am i doing more than a hundred dollar an hour for work right now no i'm shuffling papers doing the emails answering the phone okay well what would be that well if i went out and you know cold called the five thousand dollar jobs and i got three of them this month well, that's 7,500 bucks of margin. I, that's really, really yeah. good. So how can you value your time? Because it's amazing how many demands there are on it. And every time I got stuck, it was because I wasn't putting enough value on my time. Now my time is valued um, you know, at a dollar an hour that's higher than what it was when I was pressure washing. But it really has a lot to do with the opportunity I'm creating. So if mm-hmm. I create a business that generates 100 grand a year, um, for my family. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, that's the, now I'm looking at it that way versus what am I doing now? But when I'm younger and I was in it, I would say valuing your time and putting a dollar per hour on it is really important and holding yourself accountable to hitting that dollar an hour. Now, when you say that, Mike, so uh, I'm still in the field, I'm, I'm doing the cleaning. Uh, are you suggesting that I, I look at my time versus what I make window cleaning or are you suggesting that, you know, I need to put a dollar amount on what I'm capable of producing if I wasn't in the field window cleaning so I can, uh, does that make sense? Yeah. I don't have a good answer though. Um, because I always just did it comparatively. Okay. You probably should be saying, what could I make? Uh, that's not how I did it. I always did it comparatively. Okay. I just left, you know, back in the day I used to produce it. I wasn't super fast. I did $60 an hour. So I can generate $60 of revenue for the business if I'm in the field. I can't do that in the office unless I'm like cold calling the crap out of my client list. Yeah. Uh, and then voicemail bomb came out and then I said, well, well, that's stupid. I can just push a button. I can do the whole thing. <laughs> yep. um, so I, I always did it comparatively. And for me, the biggest things I needed to do when I left the field was find ways to grow the business in large chunks not in incremental fashion. So, you know, the emails and the phone calls, that's incremental. But large chunks was radio contracts. We had large valve pack spends, mm-hmm. uh, acquisitions, finding the right leaders to grow. I mean, you've, uh, we've got a whole leadership team, things like that. It happened in big chunks, not in little incremental stages. One, and another thing, uh, if I can just make an observation, listeners of Mike Dalkey and what I've been able to, watch uh and learn from him is he wins where people say you can't win if you go online you you know this dude mike's built his window cleaning business up to like three million and i think you've got far more than that in the works now you know as far as all of your businesses combined and i don't know what you want to say i won't say it for you but but um but all the the experts that are still on the ladder or tell you radio is not going to work or they're going to tell you that valpac's not going to work or they're going to tell you this or that won't work and then you got like Mike Dalkey, you know, dude that lives in Nashville and likes to wear t-shirts more than anything else. And he's making it work. He's doing it. He's winning. He's not bitching. He's not crying. He's, he's failing his way towards success. And, and I love it. It's, 
it's awesome. So keep going. Don't I, you let me interrupt you, but don't let me interrupt you, Mike. What, what do you got for us, man? Well, the last thing I would say, and this is going to offend uh, uh -oh. all the people that are on those forums. Um, <laughs> and I kind of apologize, but I wish I could just, I wish I could stop everyone from this pain. An investment in equipment is not an investment in growth of your business. Yep. And everyone keeps talking about the newest squeegee and the newest belt and the waterbed poles and the new trucks and the, the an investment in your business in, in equipment does not grow your business. It changes productivity, it changes capacity, but it's not an investment in growth. And if you really want to grow, you have to really look at buying equipment versus investing in marketing. We didn't know if Mark, you know, we've done so many things that didn't work in marketing. Mm -hmm. We've done radio stations where we've lost, you know, 10,000 bucks or more on. Um, we've, we've made a ton of mistakes, but we always led with growth, not the equipment and productivity. I mean, we had, a, we had a couple of trucks that we bought for a thousand bucks. That mm -hmm. we like, we just need to get through this freaking week. Um, so let's buy, Oh, there's a guy that's got a truck for sale. Let's go give him some cash, get in it. We'll go clean some stuff and then we'll sell this truck and buy a real one later. So uh, let me play devil's advocate, Mike, just for a second here. Um, so Mike, I disagree with you because if I go out and spend, um, $9,000 on a booster pump setup for my pressure washing rig, or I go out and spend $4,000 on a truck mounted water fed pole setup, I'm able to do more work. Uh, in the same amount of time, therefore, my company uh, can grow because I have more um, uh, more productivity and more capacity to get there. I, I, I disagree. There's my case. Prove me wrong. Okay. So uh, the amount you're investing is 9000 How do you get that back? How do you uh, return? Well, I, I get it back because I can do more work in a month's time. How do you get to work? people see my shiny pump and they want to use, they want to use me. I, okay. okay. I, so let's, I get let's, my work by spending my, the way I get my work to answer that question directly is uh, through paid advertising, you know, AdWords, um, primarily EDDM, things like that. So you have 9,000 less to invest in those things, but let's assume, so you've already decreased the ability to get jobs the way you get jobs by 9,000 bucks. Mm -hmm. Let's assume that you could get the 9,000 by word of mouth referrals and just because people love Bobby Walker. Yeah. Okay. So, so you were able to get an extra 18,000 at a 15, 50% margin. You were able to pay that $9,000 off. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then how long would it take for you to do that? Can you do, can you do that extra work that can you double your work for the, the year? Would it take a year to get that money back? Hmm. Well, I don't know. My brain is not going to do that math right now, but I get your point. <laughs> I get the point. So let's say, let's say you got one truck, you bought the $9,000, just the, the booster pump thing, right? And let's say that truck was doing $200,000 mm -hmm. a year. How much do you think it's going to do now? Yeah. So it's, it's probably going to do 270,000 maybe. I don't know. I, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of pulling that number out of the air, but uh, maybe sure. it can do that. I don't know. So uh, the math guy in me says, okay, that's a 35% increase off the 200,000. Um, 70,000 means you're going to make 37.5 of margin. You needed to make the nine back. That's going to take about four months for hmm. you to make your money back. Okay. 
So okay. if that's true, if, you, if, if, if that's true, and you were able to get all of that business through people just loving Bobby Walker, which is probably, you know, I love you, but I don't know if it's going yeah. to <laughs> uh, But if you were able to do that, it's going to take you four months. Okay? Hmm. Yeah. Now, what's your client acquisition cost, Bobby Walker? Uh, let's call it 50 bucks. 50 bucks. If you invested $9,000 at a $50 acquisition cost. I'm, do, I'm, getting my, I'm getting my calculator out in this. You already know the answer. So 9,000 divided by 50. So I got 180 clients now. Okay. Times your average job size. So this month, 780 bucks. Okay. So <laughs> I'll hold it up to the screen. That would be 140,400 dollars of revenue that came in with that nine thousand dollars in ad spend and when do we get that you said in general you get it within a few days of yeah of the of the job selling yeah but probably within four months so your yeah your opportunity is i can get my money back on my investment within four months and i'm going to get you know roughly seventy thousand more productivity or i can get a hundred and forty thousand dollars of new jobs relatively quickly with that nine thousand dollar investment that's an easy met it's not even close right? not even close, not not even even close. close. <laughs> now here's the best part with a hundred and forty thousand of new jobs that means you made an extra 70 grand a margin roughly just mm -hmm. say before 50 50 you can buy all the booster pumps you want yeah now we can <laughs> we just go crazy that's that's great I, that was a yeah I you did it your devil's advocate you did you crushed him you crushed and just Sorry i want to be all the people on the forums yeah. Well, Mike, I'll tell you, uh, I actually, I came to you uh, a month and a half ago and I was going to be spend not even that much money, but a little bit more on a particular system. And you came and hit me with just know, Bob, you can do that, but that's not an investment into your company. And I'm like, screw you, Mike. I really wanted that thing, but I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get it. I bought postcards. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm on record to having my best uh, residential month uh, ever this month, as a matter of fact. It's not a bad, I, I, I want to just clarify, I want to throw my asterisks out there. Um, good equipment is important. Um, the appropriate equipment, the safe equipment, uh, productive equipment is, imp is important. Mm -hmm. But there's a time for that and there's a time uh, for investing in growth. And you yeah. need to make a decision. Do you want to invest for productivity and capacity or do you want to invest in growth? And uh, mathematically, and as a guy who went through it and knows a lot of guys, so I went through it. Invest for growth first. Once you max out your market, there's all the time in the world to buy booster pumps and all that kind of stuff. Um, that I, I think is really important to do. All right. Well, Mike, listen, you've got like eight minutes left before we got to shut this thing down. You got you got another point for us? Or are you done? That was the the three I was thinking of. Okay. Uh, uh, mainly, I could talk about well, all sorts of things, Bobby. Mike, listen, man, that, that is, that's been great stuff. I appreciate you killing my devil's advocate. I uh, just sharing the things with this, you know, looking at what things make us instead of what things cost us, just doing it and figuring it out. I, all of those things. Um, I'd like to think for the most part, I've been implementing that in my business, but I, I, one thing I love about getting around people that are better than you, I, I, I want to take that back. I don't mean better than you, better at something than you is what I should say. I don't think anyone's better than me and I don't think I'm better than anyone else, 
But when I get around guys like you that are better at things than I am, it challenges me to to do better, to do more. And I hope listeners that uh, getting getting to listen to Mike has done the very same thing for you. Mike, do you have any little closing uh, sentiments or sign off or anything that you want to share? You know, I've, I've kind of hinted at it, but I think if there's something I would I would hit I would hint at or say is that um, when you look at someone that's way further than you. Uh, one of the things I think there's a tendency to do is say, I want to be there. And it gets you a lack of confidence in the moment. Yeah. And you say, well, yeah, if I, I'm at 3 million and I want to be at 10, I'm not at 10. You just start to lose some confidence and start to, it, you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't serve you well. So what I would encourage the listeners to do is say, don't compare yourself to me or the story that we went through is at different times, different situations, different opportunities, but look at the last 90 days Look at all the success you've had. Have you implemented something new that's worked? What have you, what have you had that's successful? Um, build up your confidence so that you can take risks and do those things. Um, my wife will be the first to tell you I, it was really, really difficult. It was really, really hard. There was times where I had no confidence, and I literally was crying in her lap saying, I can't do this anymore. It's yeah. too hard. Um, and I, I would say that everyone has unique skills and abilities. Compare the progress you made so that your confidence can stay up. Don't focus too far ahead and where other people have gotten. Focus on you, your market, your skills, your successes, mm -hmm. the gains you've had, not the gap to where you want to be. That's good. I do lose, I tend to lose focus like that myself, but one of my favorite quotes, it's, uh, I, I attribute it to Dave Ramsey. I don't know if it was his thing, but he always says, what's the best way to eat an elephant? Just one bite at a time, you know, and just, yeah. just break it up into the little manageable tasks and do the right things every day. We will get, get success. So Mike, thank you so much for joining. Uh, I love you, man. You're, uh, you're a special, special dude to me. Uh, my family loves you. And I know you haven't even, well, I, you have interacted with my son, Caleb. I don't know if you really spoke with my wife, but uh, we all feel the a great singing voice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He does. That's a karaoke reference for those of you that don't know, but uh, that's a video that never needs to be shown to anyone ever. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, appreciate you, Mike. Thanks for coming on the show. And I'm going to have you back one day. We'll talk about some other good stuff. Everyone, thank you for listening. Don't forget, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on YouTube. Go give us a review on iTunes. Have a great day. Make this one a great one. Adios.